Hey, what's up? My name is Jason. I'm the pastor of Church in the Wild. Thank you for joining us in the wild, where we have sermons, conversations, interests, all the things that make us who we are. Thanks for jumping on here. You matter. Well, hey, Church, welcome back to the Midweek Devotional. I uh, took a couple weeks off, um, obviously, as I was uh, going through some real health issues, but uh, I am very excited to be back and to talking with you today as we continue through our, the book of First Peter. Uh, we're going to look at First Peter chapter 4. We're actually going to go through quite a few verses. Um, it's First Peter chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Um, if you take notes, I, I always recommend taking notes. I think that's always a good idea. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So, uh, right off the bat, we look and we realize that in 1 Peter chapter 4, Peter is saying that Jesus Christ, who is the most pure being in the history of the world, suffered. Okay, so think about that. Verse 2, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. So, he's saying Jesus suffered, you're going to suffer, but when you suffer, don't live for your human passions. Instead, live for the will of God. Look at verse 3. For the time that, in past, that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. He's saying, don't live like the world. You already did that. That's, you've lived that way plenty. All right. Living in all sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. So, what he's saying is that when the Gentiles suffer, when the Gentiles, when the lost world, we, we would call it, um, in today's world, we would say culture. When culture suffers, when the world suffers, when unsaved people suffer, they turn towards self, selfishness, and they begin to do certain things. And he kind of lists these things out. Sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies. Drinking parties and lawless idolatry. Now, I want to point out that sensualities and passions are not um, exactly what we would think of. We would think of um, almost more of like sexuality. What he's saying is living for your senses. So this idea of sensuality and passions is, is living um, when you're suffering, is trying to f satisfy your senses. So almost medicating your suffering through things like your appetites, eating certain things, and um, trying to medicate through food or through alcohol or through any of those types of things. He says passion. So a lot of times what we will do, um, what people will do when they suffer is try to um, distract themselves by something very passionate. So a lot of times people who are suffering, how many times have we, um, Hollywood does this all the time, and we have, I'm sure, lost friends who do this as well. They will say, okay, you, you had a bad relationship. You need to sleep with someone in order to forget about them. Or you know what we need? We need to go out and just get hammered and just forget that they ever existed. This is what he's talking about. A lot of Christians fall into the trap of, you know what, I'm not going to go out and sleep with someone and get drunk, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to drown my sorrows in food. 
I'm going to drown my sorrows in my senses. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to distract myself by watching a movie marathon. I'm going to do these types of things and I'm going to focus on myself. Now, um, he talks about sensuality, passions, drunkenness, um, orgies. You know what that is. If you don't, don't Google it. Drinking parties. Again, like, hey, you know what we need? We need to go clubbing. I don't know if people go clubbing anymore or not, but that's what they did when I was young. Um, you know what we need to do? We need to just, we, we just need to get drunk. Lawless idolatry. In other words, um, these, 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 they, they fall prey to idolatry. With respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, debauchery and they malign you. How many times have you had an unsaved friend or someone who may be a Christian but they're, they're, they're living in the flesh and they almost get upset at you when you don't live, when you don't give in to the temptations they give in to when they're hurting? How many times do you have that one friend who, you know what you need to do? You need to do this. And they almost, they almost are mad at you for not doing it. This is, listen, the world will never understand you as a Christian. The world want the, the culture wants to tear Christianity apart. They don't understand it. Uh, they don't understand the peace of God that passes all understanding. Why? Because it passes their understanding. They can't understand it. They don't have the presence of God. It is only through the presence of the Holy Spirit that we're able to get through things while we're suffering. Often we will get through something and then look back at it and be like, I don't really know how I made it through that. God is good. He got me through it. Verse 5. But they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. What he's saying. You're going to have friends. You're going to have family. You're going to have people around you who are going to mock you for not giving in to selfishness. But someday they will answer to God for what they've done. If you think about it, um, what they are doing is they're actually snowballing their suffering. So, um, I'm going to do a very poor job of explaining um, how Dave Ramsey uh, talks about snowballing debt. But the idea of snowballing debt is, um, according to him, and again, this is a very poor interpretation, but if you have all this debt, big debt, small debt, take the smallest thing you owe on, pay it off, use that payment to pay off the next one, 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 and eventually you all of those payments begin to snowball. They begin to speed up. You begin to have more and more and more money towards your debt, and then one day you're out of debt. Unfortunately, this is often what people do with their suffering. When people suffer, they turn to themselves. They, they, they turn inwards. You know what? I don't feel good. That didn't make me happy. I didn't like that. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. Which unfortunately leads them to sin. Which always leads to suffering. Either in this life or next. It leads to suffering. And then that suffering unfortunately leads them back to focusing on themselves. Which leads them to sin. Which causes more suffering. And before you know it. The suffering of I got broken up with and I didn't feel good about it is now, you know what, I'm with someone I don't love, they're unhealthy, we have this problem in our relationship, I don't even know how I got here, but I have children and my children are not happy, and it's just this snowball of suffering. We've all probably met someone or know someone who had an unhealthy person or relationship in their life at a young age, and so they began to 
turn self, self, they begin to focus on self, and then as they did, they began to sin, they began to do things with the opposite sex that they wouldn't normally have done in order to try to find someone to take them away from that unhealthy relationship. And unfortunately, after they're in that relationship, they realize the person they're with is just as unhealthy as the person they were trying to avoid back in the day. And now they're in a, another unhealthy relationship. It is snowballing of suffering. It might be, you know what, I, I, I don't feel good, I don't, I, don't, I don't like where I'm at in life, so I'm going to drink. And that drinking leads to, law, he calls it sensuality or passions, or it leads to, to um, sins of the flesh, which leads to diseases, it leads to suffering, it leads to, to all of these other things, and it just snowballs, and the suffering goes on and on and on. We meet someone, and... We, we, we feel happy and then they break up with us and we, we suffer so we try to hook up with somebody else real quick to forget about them. Now we're suffering the, the pain of two distant different relationships that are both have drama and complication and, and it's a snowball effect of suffering. Look at verse 7. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Look at verse 8. Above all, Keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. We'll finish up with verse 11 and then come back to that. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be long glory, dominion forever and ever. He then goes on uh, in, in the rest of the chapter and talks about how you are going to suffer. Verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening. He said, but, it, but rejoice insofar that you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because of the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. He goes all the way down to the end of the, the, the passage. Look at verse 19. Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So, here's the big idea of this passage, okay? You're going to face, at some point in your life, suffering. You're going to go through things that are hard, and you're going to suffer through them. And they're not going to be easy. They're going to be very difficult. They're going to be very hard. That's going to happen according to verse 1, whether or not you were Jesus, whether you are a believer, a lost person, whether you are in this, in this beautiful, deep, quality relationship with God, or whether you're far distant from God, whether you're a child of God, or whether you don't even acknowledge that He exists, you will at some point in your life go through suffering. So, what will that suffering cause you to do? Will that suffering cause you to turn to self? And we've seen the effects already, but I'll point it out again, which causes sin, which causes suffering, which causes back to self. And it's this vicious cycle that snowballs as it goes of more and more and more suffering. That's the effect of turning to self. 
Or, as God points out in here, when you suffer, you can take that pain of that suffering and use it to serve God and to serve others and to serve yourself. I want to point out, he doesn't leave us out of this. God is not this, this evil tyrant who's saying, you know what, just get through it. Just, just keep going. Don't worry about yourself. That's not the point of this. The point is that when we focus on serving God and others, it heals us. When we focus on self, it brings us more suffering. And along the way of focusing on God and others, we get to help ourselves and heal ourselves and strengthen ourselves. So, 1 Peter chapter 4 lines out this idea. When you suffer, it's going to lead you either to serving or selfishness. Serving is going to bring you to healing and it's going to bring glory to God and help to others. Selfishness is going to lead you to sin and to more suffering. And so Peter closes out and he just reminds him, Beloved, you're going to go through this. Remember that when you go through this, that you go through it with that in mind. Beautiful, powerful passage. I, I pray that as we go through suffering that we will be reminded to turn to God and to serve others and Him and ourselves, not turn to selfishness. You matter. Jesus matters. Grace matters and details matter. Have a great rest of your week, church.